Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 102, verses 12 through 28. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. Your name endures to all generations. You will rise up and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to favor it. The appointed time has come, for your servants hold its stones dear and have pity on its dust. The nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord will build up Zion. She will appear in her glory. She will regard the prayer of the destitute and will not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet unborn may praise the Lord. That she looked down from her holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth, to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die. So that the name of the Lord may be declared in Zion, and her praise in Jerusalem. When peoples gather together in kingdoms to worship the Lord. She has broken my strength in mid-course. She has shortened my days. O my God, I say, do not take me away at the midpoint of my life, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Long ago you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. They will all wear out like a garment. You change them like clothing, and they pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants live secure. Their offspring shall be established in your presence. Second Kings chapter 8, verses 1-6 through six. Now Elisha had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, Get up and go with your household, and settle wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine, and will come to the land for seven years. So the woman got up and did according to the word of the man of God. She went with her husband and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. At the end of the seven years, when the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, she set out to appeal to the king for her house and her land. Now the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me all the great things that Elisha has done. While he was telling the king how Elisha had restored a dead person to life, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for her house and her land. Gehazi said, My lord king, here is the woman, and here is her son whom Elisha has restored to life. When the king questioned the woman, she told him, So the king appointed an official for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, together with all the revenue of the fields from the day that she left the land until now. Acts chapter 15 verses 36 to 41. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Come, let us return and visit the believers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul decided not to, ta- not to take with them one who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not accompanied them in the work. The disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and set out, the believers commending him to the grace of the Lord. 
He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Good morning, and welcome to the fifth Tuesday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 102, 2 Kings 8, and Acts 15. Uh, the readings are shorter in the, uh, this morning, and um, it kind of seems to me that they are um, kind of winding down, for lack of a better word, or they have this sense of like things going from very um, active and vibrant to kind of uh, kind of the fall or winter of a season. Um, the Shunammite woman who who was promised a son because of her generosity, uh, her son died, but Elisha restored him to life. And now we find that Elisha has um, uh, warned her of a famine coming for seven years, and so she goes away, comes back, and just as the king is hearing from Elisha how he has, or at least a servant, how he has restored uh, a boy to life, the woman comes in, and he's you know, the king is amazed and says, "Yeah, give her whatever she wants, because you know clearly we have a holy man here." Um, but in Acts fifteen is um, some uh, something even more interesting, I think, uh, for um, soldiers and and veterans. And I say that because my my inclination as a veteran myself, but also. Um, no, well, yeah, just as a veteran, um, that we we tend to be a little bit um, rough around the edges, a little bit saltier, uh, have a little less patience for bullshit, um, and can get into arguments easily. But we can also kind of settle them or resolve them or or pass over them more quickly um, because you know we understand. Um, I think, in general. Um, that you know, yelling and shouting really isn't. It really isn't all that much of a threat. You know, if anybody's gone through uh, basic training um, for any one of the branches, knows that um, you know, like sometimes shouting is. You know, you need to get it out. Um, feels good to be on that bayonet range and yell, kill, 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 or or like do cadence in the morning. Like there's a certain uh, need. Uh, there's a, a kind of good that comes from, you know, kind of venting and letting it out and being upset at one another. And um, in the same vein, um, we know that disagreements are fleeting. Like there's there's more important stuff than to hold on to our little petty grudges um, that we just kind of, you know, it's water under the bridge. We got more important things to do. <clears throat> and that's why I like this passage um, I think it's it's good that the the writer of Acts um, includes this disagreement between um, Barnabas and Paul about whether or not to bring John Mark, um, and it gives us the reasons. Paul didn't want to take someone who had deserted them in Pamphylia um, and had not accompanied them on the work, and I'm sure that's a pretty harsh way of putting it. Um, I mean, church planting is, yeah, sure, that's great, but like, it's not, you know, life or death. Yeah, I, I think deserted is a bit strong of a word. 
and I suspect, and I think I have seen this in uh, my my reading, um, that deserted is very probably a military term borrowed from you know the Roman military. Deserting, you know, I find it difficult to imagine a context in which a word that strong isn't associated with something as uh, you know something that that creates strong bonds like the military. Clearly, Paul is upset. Um, he sees this work as very important, and people who are unable or unwilling to do it, um, it looks like Paul is like, he's relatively unforgiving. Um, so he recognizes the importance of the work, but um, he isn't able to kind of, you know, let bygones be bygones. Um, it, it, it's important enough for him uh, to be upset at John Paul, or John Mark, Right? Yeah, John Mark, um, and that I don't know, that kind of discloses a little bit of what Paul's like. Paul's kind of cantankerous, and and more so than some soldiers and vets I know. Um, that isn't to say that soldiers and vets <clears throat> don't hang on to grudges a little too much, um, but I think um, in my experience, my own personal experience, but also in interacting with other vets, that. Um, we might hold on to things, but we're also we don't hold too tightly to those things. Um, that if if something has happened in the past, um, if something happens, it's important that kind of falls to the wayside, and we we rush to the you know the aid of someone in need. Um, but here, Paul doesn't do that. Um, Paul is not a soldier; never has been. He's a Roman citizen. So he probably is used to getting kind of his way out in the provinces. Um, but he doesn't want to do the work with someone who's who's given up or, or stopped short or had to take a break. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> my throat is not cooperating with me this morning. Um, and so he decides not to go with John Paul. And um, the writer puts in there that the disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. I don't know if it's permanent, but it doesn't shy away from the fact that, that they were really upset, and this is the effect, that they, they parted company. Um, and so uh, Barnabas goes with Mark, and they go to Cyprus, the island um, just south of Asia Minor in the Mediterranean. Um, but Paul chooses Silas, and he kind of sticks with Silas for the remainder of, of Acts, I think. Um, and they go around Paul's hometown of Cilicia and Syria, or region. Um, Cilicia is where Tarsus is, and he often um, uh, introduces himself as Paul of Tarsus from Cilicia. Um, And so we have this kind of unfortunate series of events um, where two believers, uh, you know, can't, aren't in agreement, and they eventually have to kind of Give them, give each other some distance, and I don't think it's permanent. I, like I don't, I don't know that it's that severe, um, but the inclusion of this disagreement shows that it's you know didn't feel petty to them. It didn't seem petty to those who witnessed it, like the author. Um, but it's important to include and show that you know the early church wasn't some idyllic, you know, completely unified, you know, homogenous. Uh, block, um, it was a, a number of people trying to sort out what it meant to be a, a part of this movement that was born 
in the Jewish faith, but which very quickly um, uh, turned into something distinct, um, especially in the destruction of the temple and the end of the sacrificial system. Um, you know, Judaism and Christianity um, are like sister religions that each sprang out of ancient Judaism, um, but which are each in their own way distinct from the the religion as it was practiced and called for in the in the uh, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. Um, but anyway, so that I think these disagreements that believers have are are what they make them. Um, that we we're allowed to have disagreements and get upset at one another, um, and it's important to uh, to see that in the early church and in, in our own faith communities, um, not to hide from it, not to like gloss over it or pretend it doesn't exist, um, but rather to to be human, to be um, people that have beliefs and feelings and who are willing um, to you know disagree about them. I think sometimes in in American culture, especially especially American Christian culture, um, we don't like to believe that we can argue and, and be kind of petty and angry, uh, but the fact is that we can. And um, if we're being fully human, that means we also must be ready um, to let that pass under the bridge, you know, water under the bridge and water off a duck's back, all those fun things, like have our disagreements and also reconcile um, that is what it means to be humans. Uh, that's what it means to be um, normal people, not to not have disagreements, um, but to have them and to resolve them like you know mature adults. That's one thing that I uh, recognize and appreciate about my time in the military is it taught me that there's some things that are really important. There's some things that are worth disagreeing about. There's things worth even um, dying for. Um, but disagreements aren't that. Um, belief, you know, petty beliefs aren't that. Faith is one of those things. Um, so um, it is as a, a veteran that I think um, I learned what it means to have disagreements and to have them well um, by uh, not shying away from them. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I don't think we ever, I don't think I ignored them. I think the the anxiety or awkwardness stays, but um, what's most important is that you've got to work with people. You've got to meet them where they're at. Sometimes that means that disagreements are are just kind of left where they're at instead of you know feeling better, but um, moving on instead. A prayer for the unity of the church from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior, the Prince of Peace, give us grace seriously to lay to heart the great dangers we are in by our unhappy divisions. Take away all hatred and prejudice and whatever else may hinder us from godly union and concord. That, as there is but one body and one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so we may be all of one heart and of one soul, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, of faith and charity, and may with one mind and one mouth glorify you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation. 
where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.